It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live. Sponsored by our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Here's your host, Keith Stewart. Members, friends, and players, good afternoon and welcome to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and it's Friday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. You know, we have a fun show coming at you today, even a little early. But right now, Song of the Week. show covers the pop culture of golf. It's the perfect mix of society's current events and the golf world. In that mindset, I have a special guest today here to tell us about how we can remain healthy and safe this summer and fall. His name is Chris Fuentes, and he's an innovator who could teach us about insect disease, awareness, and safety. But before we get to him, let's hear a little Stayin' Alive. Well done there, Wade, on the song of the week. A little uh, little earlier than usual, but, uh, you know, this is live radio, so we're having some fun. Um, we've got this really cool guy on the phone today. His name's Chris Fuentes, and he's the CEO of an insect repellent company called Ranger Ready. And, he, you know, I brought him on because it's the height of of you know insect-borne disease season everyone's outdoors it's july 4th weekend holiday weekend having fun and i and i want to make sure my listeners are doing it in a safe way so i know i you just gave me the high sign he's on the line so hey chris this is keith welcome to springdale golf live how are you today I'm well, Keith. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. You know what? It's great to have you on because I believe you're going to have this wealth of information that's going to help out my listeners. And, um, well, you know what? Let's just get right into it here. You know, Um, based upon your... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I just thought your song was very appropriate. Staying Alive is the perfect way to introduce the segment. I've been introduced a couple of different ways, but... I think I might use that as my theme song uh, in the future, so perfect. Well, you know what? Um, You might have to talk to Andy Gibb about that, but as far as I'm (laughs) concerned, uh, we love to come up with very creative openings for everybody. And uh, when I was thinking about our conversation, I was like, you know what? Um, I think this would be the perfect marriage between guest and music. So uh, I'm glad you liked it, and uh, feel free, you know. Um, You know, we like to think we do some uh, pretty good uh, marketing here on Springdale Golf Live with our guests and have some fun, so. Uh, I'm glad you liked it overall. Perfect. All right. Well, so, hey, so so let's get into this for a second, because, you, you know, we're live and I, uh, time is money. So I, w- what I need to know is, OK, why are we why, why am I reaching out to you today? Why all of a sudden is something like insect repellent when I was a kid and I did made tons of s'mores around the campfire and everything and I was looking for my deep woods off. But now it just seems to be such a current events topic. Um, why has this become such a big topic in society? That's a great question, uh, Keith. I think people remember numbers, so I try and do this pretty simply. Um, During the peak of summer, kind of Memorial Day going out to Labor Day, about 300 million rounds of golf are played in this country. That's a pretty good number. And at the same time, about 300,000 people will uh, have Lyme disease or tick-borne diseases uh, during that same period. And about 7,000 people a week during the month of June and July, these, these months we're talking about, these peak months, will be diagnosed with a tick-borne disease, mostly Lyme disease, but there are several others that are dangerous. So it's relevant because uh, right now you could be one of those folks. And I think the time we spend together today to talk about how to protect yourself is, is part of why we're on together today as well. 
Absolutely. I mean, certainly what I want to do is I want to give my listeners who are some a large majority are golfers. Some are members at my club. Some are friends and and all sorts of fans of the show. But, you know, I want to make sure that everyone's safe when they're out, you know, celebrating this holiday weekend or they're lighting off some fireworks at night or whatever they may be doing. So before we get we continue down that road, can you give my listeners a little background on how you, you know, got into um, insect repellent and, you know, trying to, you know, essentially save the world here? Sure. I, it, it was pretty simple. I, I raised my family in Wilton, Connecticut, which is just you know down the road from Lyme, Connecticut. It's the epicenter of Lyme disease and has been for some time. And I, 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 everybody got Lyme disease, my, my kids, the dogs, my friends. And we started to realize that there was an epidemic that was kind of growing. And, and even at this, that point, that was kind of seven or eight or nine years ago when we recognized it, we didn't realize today that part of the impediment was People just won't wear insect repellent. They don't like insect repellent, so they don't wear it, and they kind of go down what we call the adolescent attitude route, which is it's not going to happen to me. It, I think you, you said golfers are late adapters, and, you know, like the doctor who smokes or somebody who doesn't wear a seatbelt, I think that's been the case here, which is uh, I don't really need repellent. It's probably not going to happen to me, and, we're, you know, we do want to share with people that it's likely to happen to you if you're a golfer and you're out in the rough and, you know, in the, in, uh, in the tall grass looking for a golf ball. Well, you know, I mean, there's plenty of tall grass on the golf course. And, you know, one of the chic things in architecture nowadays is to kind of, you know, have more open space and remove trees and create these long grass native areas. And, you know, certainly uh, golf balls tend to go everywhere. So people are heading in there without pants on, with shorts on. And uh, uh, I think that they're certainly running into these tick and insect infested areas. Certainly, I know on my golf course here at Springdale down in Princeton, we have a huge amount of deer all over our golf course all the time. So at dawn and dusk, um, you can see families of deer. I can remember riding the golf course just yesterday, and you know now is that time of year where you start to see all the fawns running around. And you know certainly where they are is where the deer ticks are. So I, you know again, I I think this is a very important conversation. And you know one of the things that had me reach out to you is that. I, for some reason, I have this like general societal question. I believe we live in this like hyperbole world, and it, and I'm sure you're gonna have like a little bit of an aha moment right now. But like, how many times in the last week has somebody said, you know, it's never rained this much before, or it's never been this hot and humid, or the thunderstorms are worse, or it's the the world, it's 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 the all time worst pollen count of all time. So I don't know if that's like Weather Channel, you know, marketing, or but is there some facts behind this? I mean, is this really a problem that continues to get worse and worse. Well, if you use the numbers again and you, you listen to the statistics from the CDC, who is a you know credible source and our government source for tracking disease in this country, it's pretty evident that uh, last year we had a 22% increase in tick-borne diseases in this country, and we're all forecasting a similar increase this year. And if you look at the entomologists and the folks who track ticks, and we do tick swipes and tick counts around the country, the number of ticks has increased uh, uh, significantly. The, the types of ticks, there's a number of different ticks that, that now exist in, in different areas that didn't exist before. And more importantly, and I think you mentioning the deer keys is a good, is a good segue into talking about who carries ticks or what, how to get a tick and where ticks come from at this point. And I think um, it's interesting because most people don't realize that, that um, while deer carry significant numbers of ticks, any warm-blooded creature, including squirrels and rabbits and raccoons, and most importantly, birds, 
um, that have been migrating, and they're the ones who carry the ticks from region to region. And, and what's important to understand is that the deer tick we kind of remember from our youth and childhood, I and mean, yeah, it's a tick, it's a dog tick or a deer tick, and it's not probably going to hurt you, so just take it out and we'll keep moving. That's not the case necessarily the case anymore. And we want to help our, our your listeners really understand that you know it's more than a deer. So if you don't, if you have squirrels on your property or if you have migrating birds, we highly recommend not having bird feeders because they attract um, birds that bring ticks to your property. And the opportunity to make sure that anywhere there's there's open grass or long grass that you stay out of it because it, most people don't know that ticks quest out onto the end of a leaf. That's kind of what they do. It's called questing and. They're looking for a blood meal, and they most of the time will attach themselves to your legs and crawl up your pants. And uh, Ticks generally like to crawl up, not down, so they tend to crawl under your shirt and under your, you know, under your, uh, into your back and up the, uh, up the back into, into your hairline is one of their favorites. Or Many people say, oh, I got my first tick bite under my armpit. And you really have to be cognizant that they'll wait out there in the sunshine or in, in, the, in, the, you know, in the seasons where it's a little cooler and they'll just wait until somebody comes along, and they're very patient. They can wait for a month if they'd like. So, it, it, and there's many of them. So that's what we want to help golfers understand is, is if you put repellent on in the morning and you make sure that you're properly covered, you don't have to really worry about that when you're out there having fun outdoors. Wow, I've just learned so much right there. So that these are like active predators, and they'll wait up till a month to try and you know find someone who hit, happens to just stroll through one of these leafy areas or these yeah. native grass areas. Absolutely, and they, they, they're not selective, and I think you, uh, I, I believe you have a dog, and we have, many of us do have dogs, and that's another warning that we kind of want to help people understand around dogs, which is dogs are the primary vectors of bringing ticks into your home. So very often a dog will go out, and you're out, you might be on the path, but the dog wanders away, or even if it's on your, on your leash, um, most people don't realize this. You don't have to go you know, over a mountaintop or you know, go wandering down a trail to get Lyme disease, most people get Lyme disease or vector-borne diseases within a mile of their home. So it's, it can be going down to the mailbox, and your dog may be out running around the yard who came in contact where there might be a squirrel nest or something like that. And the, the issue is, is that as, you, as time goes on and people realize that you know, these types of things and these types of animals um, are around, and then your dog comes into your house, many people, and I speak to doctors and lawyers and learned people and i say do you have a dog and many people say absolutely yeah, of course i have a dog and i say do you let the dog in the bed and they go of course we let the dog in the bed and we kind we, you really can't let your dog in the bed anymore you shouldn't really let it on the couch shouldn't let it on the back seat of your car because um it's a great spot for your baby to get a if, it's, if the dog sits in the back with the baby it's a perfect opportunity for the baby to uh, uh get a tick from the dog sitting in the back seat and similar happens to uh people who sleep with their dogs and you know, I, I, get, I tell them the, the antidote to that is to wear a Ranger Ready to Bed, wear a repellent to bed every night, which is funny, but, you know, some people do. Well, you know what, uh, folks, we're here on the line with Chris Fuentes, and he's the CEO of Ranger Ready Repellents. But more importantly, he is obviously an expert on these uh, insect-borne diseases, and you are now officially my new best friend because my wife always loves to invite the dog up on the couch and into the bed, and we have this, this wonderful, hairy Labrador retriever, chocolate lab, beautiful dog named Harbor. But I'm like, you know what? I, I don't need the dog in bed with me, right? And now I have factual information with which to get the dog back on the floor, and I, you have just made me so happy. It's just Well, hopefully it, made your family safer, safer and your marriage happier, so it's a twofer. Well, you know what? My family's safer. 
you know, and my, you know what, my my marriage is very happy. So you know what, I think all all, all around, it's it's we're covered, we're covered. But you know, speaking of being covered, it, one of the things is that there was about a, last summer at one point, I found a deer tick on my daughter because she was out playing in the yard with her friends, and we live out in the Hopewell area, which is you know just uh, again a ton of deer, a ton of squirrels, everything on your list, just check them right off, check the boxes off, right? And when she came in, when the kids come in in the summertime, we're always checking for these these deer ticks but those things are so small do you have a best practice with which you can you know try to find these things because they're like literally the tip of a pencil they're they're tiny they're microscopic and they're called nymphs so uh, baby uh, ticks are called nymphs and adults are adults and um, what the best practice is to make sure you wear repellent so they don't get on you in the first place but once you uh, come indoors the best thing you can do is to take your clothing off immediately and put it directly in the, in the dryer on high heat for 20 minutes or at least 30 minutes because it just kills the ticks. Ticks do not like um, uh, hot. It's the only thing that really kind of puts them down. So you can put your clothes in the dryer so you know there's not any more ticks in there. And then immediately you should jump in the shower and you should tick check yourself. And one of the things I share with families is um, the incidence rate for young children is quite high of Lyme disease. And it, it oddly drops off around 14, and it, it doesn't increase again until age 55. And what you see is, is that at puberty, kids start self-inspecting themselves, right, because parents don't tend to be in the bathroom with them saying, hey, let me make sure I tick-check you. And it's during that period that many kids uh, do suffer Lyme disease, and, and I, my sons all had Lyme disease in their teens. So I was aware that that was a possibility. And as you see, time goes on. And what's happened with older folks who have Lyme disease is um, I'm 60, and, uh, you know, I like to play golf, I like to hike, I like to go cycling. And unfortunately, we're the number one uh, place, uh, the number one target is people over 55 who are out doing active and retiree-type things. They're the ones who get bitten the most um, from, by ticks. So it's, a, it's kind of a fair, the more you spend time you spend outside, the more exposure you have, the more likely you are uh, to be exposed to the ticks. And I think what's different, Keith, uh, now is, is that... Um, the types of ticks that, that may be on your daughter, and I think it's an important under, it's a fallacy that people should be aware of, is that uh, Lyme disease is a bacterial disease, and it takes the tick about 24 hours for that kind of cycle to go through and for uh, its pathogen to go into your, into your system and then transfer, et cetera. So if that same deer tick, which is on your daughter, um, carries just Lyme disease, she's pretty lucky and you're, you're unlikely that if you catch it in time, you're fine. But many of the ticks now carry multiple um, diseases, and I think it's important for your listeners to know a little bit more about them. Um, mainly something called Powassan virus. Uh, it comes from Powassan, Ontario. We call it POW-V, but Powassan virus is different because it's viral, not bacterial, and it's a 15-minute bite, not a 24-hour bite. So it can actually infect you with the pathogen in about 15 minutes. And it's, it's quite deadly. Um, it, it's known as a deadly virus. Um, Lyme disease, about one in five victims, 20%, will have long-term symptoms from being bitten by a tick. So it's a growing number if you realize that three to 400,000 people every year get uh, Lyme disease. It's a big community that's growing. But in the case of Powassan virus, one in five people are dead. And um, it's in about a six- or eight-week period because if they're on the fridge, if you're a baby and your system is compromised or you're elderly, your system is compromised, it's a pretty excuse me, a pretty high incident rate of people who have uh, Powassan virus uh, do not end up um, making it through it. And then those who do have very severe illnesses. 
So we want to warn folks that there's more out there than just the ones that we kind of know. And then in addition to the other bad news, which is uh, there are ticks called the Lone Star Tick, which are, they're in New Jersey and they're around the, this part of the country, but they're now in many states across the country. And the Lone Star Tick has a little star on its back because it looks like the Lone Star of Texas. And it carries um, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, which is horrible. And it's, it's not as, quite as deadly, but it's a horrible disease. But it also carries um, a, a sugar that transfers into your, into your system, very similar to the bite that I explained earlier. And it, is, it gives you something called alpha-gal syndrome, alpha-gal, G-A-L syndrome. And alpha-gal syndrome is widely known as the red, eat, uh, red meat allergy disease. People, you may have heard of it before, which is if you are bitten by this tick, you're allergic to red meat for the rest of your life, essentially, quite, quite ill, like celiac-type sick. Um, you can't even smell bacon, for example and not feel ill. So wait, 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 we, we wait, to- wait, Chris, hang on for a second. Hang on, hang on. I'm taking this all in. And I mean, you are like beyond omniscient right now because you start to talk about like, so my wife has had, has had Lyme disease and so has my next door neighbor. Now my mm-hmm. wife feels fine from her Lyme disease condition, but my next door neighbor, she still has lingering effects. So going back to your one in five long term, right? And then mm-hmm. you completely described what's going on at my club right now on this beautiful Friday holiday weekend afternoon in that there's junior golf going on. So there's all these kids out there out in the grass and in in the golf course. And then the remainder of the population of my golf course is roughly 55 and older. So the, the, the target audience that you speak about is exactly what's going on in my world. And it's just like, as I'm listening to this, um, well, honestly, I had to stop you at bacon, but um, that's just me because I love bacon. But overall, I mean, I just had to bring this up. I mean, like what you're saying is so, uh, you know, representative of what's going on in every day's life. So I hope my listeners are paying attention here. And I hope that, you know, what, what are some of the symptoms and signs that we could start to describe or you could tell my listeners about? Because now, all right, so you've set the scene. You say, hey, you're going out into this environment. This is going to happen. If you don't use repellent, you stand this chance. Now, when they come back in, when do the symptoms start? What do they look like? And then where do we proceed from there? Well, another good, uh, a good note is most people think you get a bullseye when you're bitten by a tick. And, and only about 50% of the people actually will see a bullseye. We have enough statistics over decades now to see this, that only half will see a bullseye. So many people are bitten by a tick and don't know it. And generally, it's about 10 days or two weeks after you've been exposed to a tick. So think where you were two weeks ago or 10 days ago. And pause for a minute and think, where could I have been bitten by a tick and how long would that tick perhaps have been on me? And you want to make sure that if you're feeling arthritic, if you will, like achy, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling uh, like you can't sleep, um, they, uh, ticks are, uh, are, they have a, they, have, they, they attack your spirochetes and they have spirochetes and they, and they disrupt, disrupt your sleep. So if you're having a very disruptive sleep pattern, that's generally a good early sign. And the opportunity to say, listen, go to your doctor. We, we, we say, uh, to, to, uh, guys, don't be that guy, you know, don't be the guy who doesn't wear sunscreen and don't be the guy who doesn't wear repellent and don't be the guy who, uh, leaves a tick on, you know, just kind of say, oh, I had a tick, don't worry about it, it's nothing, you know, go to your doctor we highly recommend that if you feel any symptoms within a week or so, go to your doctor and treat it with uh, doxycycline as an early course and, you know, take a good, clean course and follow through because it will come back and get you again. And many people uh, go back for post-treatment because they don't kind of take it seriously long enough and it will come back and get you. And that's, that's part of what happens with long-term treatment as well. So, and then the next piece to that, Keith, is 
uh, save the tick. If you do see a tick, save it, put it in a plastic bag. Um, if you need to, uh, put a little towel in there if, if it's still alive, generally or not. But put, uh, put a little towel in there and send it to a tick testing lab. You can go to our website. We have a list of, of tick testing tabs that we're not, uh, labs that we're not associated with, but that are very reputable. Look up in your local health authority. Many of them have tick, free tick testing. And make sure you send it into the lab so that they can both see if it does have a pathogen in it and also so that they can track the ticks uh, coming in uh, statistically. It's helpful. You know what? That's a really important point that I hope everyone's listening to, because uh, when I found the tick on my daughter that day, I was getting ready to throw it away. And my wife's like, no, put it in a bag. We're going to send it away. And I was like, send it away. And she's like, yeah. And then I, I started thinking about what she meant by that. And then, well, you know, exactly what you're saying right now in the big picture, you know, kind of, you know, world savior aspect of this whole thing is that we need to understand more of what's going on here, because it seems like as the statistics show that this is an ongoing an increase exponentially increasing problem so yeah definitely everyone if you find a tick um, or a bug like that let's put it in the bag and, and go to those web what are those websites or what is your website so they can go there and find one of these testing facilities well the best thing to do is go to rangerready.com and we have a number of resources there we have a blog that talks about everything uh, from how to pack for summer camp how to identify a tick where to send a tick to uh, what the best way to protect yourself is and your children et cetera, et cetera. And it does take a little bit of reading, Keith. I think that's part of what uh, we try and uh, hammer home to folks is, you know, take 20 minutes and read it and even read it on the train. We, many of our people read our website on mobile, and a lot of our pages are informational because we want people to learn about it. And if uh, short of that, uh, go to the CDC and learn about Lyme disease and learn about other diseases, including mosquito-borne diseases, which I want to make sure we don't uh, gloss over. Um, Many of your listeners are in zones where there is West Nile, and West Nile this uh, season is, is particularly uh, uh, aggressive. Uh, California and has had uh, some outbreaks already. There's already been a death from, from West Nile, and we expect it to break through in the Midwest. And the worst water ever, I can assure you, is uh, what we've seen is nothing uh, to our partners out in the Midwest who, who are uh, buying a mosquito repellent at, the, at a huge rate because the water's now subsided, and two weeks later come the mosquitoes. So. Uh, we want to be sure that uh, folks also stay protected at the backyard barbecue in the evening or in the morning when you're out practicing around a golf. Make sure you put repellent on. And especially down in places like in the uh, Florida Panhandle and down in Texas down there, because as much as we'd like to think it, we, you know, Zika virus is coming north, and we want to make sure that folks down there wear repellent, especially during the mosquito times in the morning and the evening. Well, folks, we're here on the line with Chris Fuentes, and he is an insect-borne um, uh, expert, and he's telling us all about how to prepare ourselves and how to be safe this summer or outside, uh, performing our activities with our kids or playing sports, going to the beach, barbecuing, golf. I mean, all the things that we love to do here on Springdale Golf Live. So we appreciate him coming on, and we appreciate him so much so that we have to take him through one of our traditions that we do week in and week out, and that is our rapid-fire Q&A. So, Chris, if you're a listener of the show, you know uh, what's coming next, and I, I hope you're prepared, but uh, are you up for this? I'm excited to put it that way. All right, great, because my listeners love to get to know our guests, and it's great that you've shared all this wonderful information with us. And please, folks, go to rangerreadyrepellent.com and make sure that you, you, know, you start to learn more about what's going on, especially for your kids and for yourselves, and be safe. But um, unfortunately right now, Chris, you are not safe because you are at the um, – mercy of my rapid fire Q&A. So here we go. What is the strangest thing you have ever eaten? 
Oh, I ate a, a live a snail in Japan once that was still alive, and I had to smile as I ate kind of through the middle of it. It was awful. Oh, Escar not is what that is. Exactly. All right. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, rate your tech savvy. Uh, tech savvy. Uh, I would say probably 7. All right. I like that, 7. If you could be any insect, what would it be and why? Certainly not a tick. i got to tell you that, Keith. I, <laughs> I, I, I would uh, go for a praying mantis. I just think they're beautiful. They're, they're, they're cool. Butterflies are also really cool. I'd like to be a butterfly if I could. And plus, you get, a, you get to come back as a caterpillar, too. So. Yeah, you have to double up right there. All right, favorite exactly. movie? You know, I just uh, I just watched uh, the uh, the rerun, if you will, or the rerun of the rerun of uh, the D-Day movies, and just kind of thought about uh, Saving Private Ryan and the Memorial of Europe. And I, you know, I look back. I grew up in Germany and grew up in Europe, so I have to say, uh, Saving Private Ryan. It's it's a rough one to watch twice or three times, but it's still one of my favorites. So I spoke to Allison beforehand, and she she guessed it was going to be a Bug's Life by Disney, but uh, I guess that wasn't <laughs> right. All right, morning, noon, or night person. Morning. All right. Based upon yesterday's big contest, how many hot dogs do you think you could eat in 10 minutes? Well, I had one yesterday, and it's, uh, I think I'm probably a, a three-hot dog guy maximum in 10 minutes. All right. Do you have any pets? I do. We have Olive, who is our ranger-ready dog, who is uh, an older uh, lab. She's 12, but she's beautiful. Best place to take a vacation? Well, we're going up to Saratoga Springs to check out the horse racing up there this, this uh, next week, so I think that's going to be the best place because it's the next place. Oh, I like that. Good perspective on things. What time did you eat lunch today? Uh, about 15 minutes ago, so I guess 2.30. All right, and when you hear the word innovator, who is the first person who comes to mind? It's got to be Steve Jobs. He's the, he's the smartest guy around in the long run. He brought most change to people's lives, I think. Well, you know what, Chris? It's been a pleasure having you on. I'm glad you enjoyed your introduction. There's Wade on the board. He loves to uh, throw the song of the week in there. Uh, I, the information was unbelievable. Folks, hit the podcast, play this back, listen. Chris, you were phenomenal. Can't thank you enough. We'll be in touch soon, all right, bud? Talk to you again. Take care. Thanks. All right, thanks. Great job there, Wade, on the board with a little uh, Andy Gibb. And let's hope everyone this holiday weekend is staying alive. Folks, it's 3.15 p.m. here in Princeton. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Back after this. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the NJPGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf with a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs. The NJGF delivers dynamic programming under the guidance of PGA professionals so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To support the NJGF or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org. That's njgolffoundation.org. Springdale Golf Club members have been enjoying a club that's been a part of the Princeton community for nearly 120 
25 years with the best golf and social experience in our region. But did you know about the benefits that extend beyond the boundaries of the club through its agreement with Troon Purvey, the private club operating division of Troon Golf Management? Springdale's historical significance, William Flynn Design with Challenging Greens, blended with a dedicated team of associates now combined with Troon's operational expertise, are taking the club to the next level in commitment to the member experience. Just announced is a significant expansion to the Troon Purvey Privileges Program. This Vanguard service initiative includes enhanced golf and lifestyle benefits that extend far beyond the fairways. For more information about the club and all of the amazing fun things we have planned for 2019, please take a moment and visit our our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash or call 855-255-1265. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. There it is, my band Fish. I know one of Wade's favorites. <laughs> Turn it up. Let's hear a little tray right now. Down with disease, folks. Song of the Weeks. Down with disease. Three weeks in my bed. I'm trying to stop these demons that keep dancing in my head. Thanks there, Wade. Thanks. Appreciate that. You know, last Sunday night. I had the pleasure of going down to uh, BB&T and uh, checking out Trey and the boys, a little fish concert with my wife and some friends, and uh, very big thanks to our hosts that evening. Uh, we had a tremendous time, and the, the show was really good, but they didn't play that song that night, but when I started thinking about the perspective I needed in order to come up with the, you know, a couple song of the weeks for the, uh, you know what, strike that, reverse it. It should be songs of the week. Right, I, I did that twice. That's terrible. That's terrible. Oh, Wade, you, that's why you were grinning over there. I would never want to embarrass you on mic. I just let it go. No, I, I, I'm I'm really good at embarrassing myself. In fact, I only open my mouth to change feet. But that's neither here nor there. All right, so uh, we had a great time, and uh, I know that that song that they have that song, and it's it's a great opening riff there. And uh, so I uh, I thought about it, and then I was like, oh, wait a second. Staying Alive by the Bee Gees is super fun, and uh, I'm glad Chris liked it. And, and Chris was a great interview. I mean, what? I mean, you could tell that he's been on a number of different TV shows and radio because of podcasts. Because, I mean, everything, he's like USA Today. It's like everything was like bullet points. He's like, hey, you got to pay attention to this. You got to do this. There wasn't a lot of fluff there. It was a lot of good information. And uh, we even had a little bonus interview time with him. And, and uh, you know, I think he was great. Um, you know, folks, if you missed a little bit of it or if you're curious about what we talked about, their website's great. And also, just go back and listen to the podcast. You know, search for us on Google Play or um, iTunes podcast at Springdale Golf Live. Week in and week out. You know, this this is episode number 65. We're well past a year and um, we're just we're just picking up steam these days, you know, and uh, and picking up minutes, it seems like, too, today. Right, Wade? All right. So uh, big weekend last weekend, uh, besides going down to uh, Camden to see fish. And uh, what I mean by that is that we ha- we wrapped up and I alluded to this last week, but I got to bring this up because this is a big deal. We have two brand new 
club champions at Springdale. And this is Springdale Golf Live. So that is the biggest tournament of the year. These two individuals are the male and female best players of the year competing in our club championship. So I want to give credit to, first, we'll do ladies first. And she's just 16 years old. And her name is Miss Eden Richmond. So Eden, congratulations on winning the finals on Sunday. And our men's champion is Mr. Kevin Bollinger. And uh, the men's finals, 36 holes. And they went to the 35th hole. And he won. Uh, he was two up with one to go. And he birdied the last to win the 35th hole and to win the match. So congratulations, of course, to uh, Kevin and Eden. Um, you know, enjoy the year with the uh, reigning championship uh, uh, namesake, I guess. You know, you can carry the trophy around with you. It's kind of like Stanley Cup, although we don't have a big stanley cup trophy but anyway i, I think they I, the play was great the storylines were fantastic there was tons of drama in the semifinals and in the finals and just all in all a great weekend for golf the weather was really nice and uh um you know i just wanted to say hey you know kevin eden great job now speaking of eden 16 years old and she wins the women's club championship. We're not talking about the junior club championship. The women's club championship. And it got me thinking. And I was like, you know what, 16? I said, that's probably the youngest in our 124-year history of the club, although I'm not sure of that. But I'm sure it's definitely pushing the youngest. And what it did was that it kind of got me you know, looking through the Google in this week and looking through the internet. And then late this week, or not late this week because of the holiday, but late this week, meeting Wednesday, um, there was a young woman from Warren, Ohio, and her name is Gianna Clementi, and she qualified for the Women's U.S. Amateur. So, the biggest women's amateur tournament in the country for the year, and she's 11 years old. So, she's got Eden beaten by five years, and then I start reading the article, and the headline of the article says, Third youngest ever to qualify for the U.S. Women's Open. I'm like, wait a second. She's 11 and she's the third youngest, right? So there was two other young women that were 10 years old, Lucy Liu in 2013 and Latana Stone in 2012, that at 10 years old qualified for that event. So case in point, it's junior golf month over at the club. Parents, get the kids out there early. Five, six, seven, eight years old. It doesn't matter. All right. These are the years with which kids start to decide what types of sports they love. We want them to love golf because this is Springdale Golf Live and it is the coolest sport in the world to play. I mean, on a side note, right, name me another sport where it's like one ball, one kid. So when I was a kid, if I went to go play soccer, it was one ball and like 20 kids running around a huge field. Or if I, or if I was like dragged to play baseball, they were like, hey, Keith, go play right field. And I was like, I didn't know why I needed a glove. I would stand there for like two and a half hours and the ball never came to me. And then I'd come running in, I'd strike out and then that was it. Hence, I'm in golf now. But that's that's neither here nor there. I, I'm not bitter or anything. All I'm saying is I'm making a marketing strategy here. One kid, one ball. Right. So you go out and play golf. Kids get to really enjoy themselves because they get to hit the ball all the time. They don't have to wait and play basketball and have one ball with 10 kids. So I think it's really cool. And it's a way for families to get together and do something fun and outdoors with insect repellent on, of course, and they can go have this the greatest time at the greatest, most beautiful places. You know, I've, obviously, I love my golf, and you know, we'll talk more about maybe that about next week. But uh, congratulations to to young Gianni Clementi, who's 11 years old, and who qualified for the U.S. Women's Open. Just un. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, a quick leaderboard um, run through here. You know, we have the 
the men on the PGA Tour at the 3M Open, which is up in Minnesota. So all the professional tours here uh, are up there in that area of the country. The women are in Wisconsin. The LPGA Tour is at the Thornberry Creek LPGA Classic. And uh, little Mr. Bryson DeChambeau, the the mad scientist, shot 62 today. And uh, he's leading the way by four over yesterday's 62, Scott Piercy, which is, you know, some pretty good playing these guys. They're They're all getting worked up because the European Tour is playing in the Irish Open this week at La Hinch. And this is the big Irish, Scottish, then the Open Championship, which we grew up with as the British Open, but now they call it the Open Championship. Um, kind of like the Ohio State University. If, if you think highly of yourself, that's one thing. If you think really highly of yourself, add a the beforehand. You know, the Springdale Golf Live. Anyway, uh, no, we don't think that highly of ourselves. All right. So we're heading over to Lynx Golf uh, in just a couple weeks for the Open Championship. And I'm very much looking forward to that. But watching some of the European tour this week really kind of reminds me of what makes the game of golf so great is that we have to be creative when we play. And I see so many people practice from time to time. So this is going to be my PSA for the week, kind of like last week's Jeep Wave, where I say this weekend when you're playing golf or when you're practicing, try to work more on function than form. And what I mean by that is that there's so many times I see people take backswings and they're looking at where their arms are as if they can see or they're they're looking at video, they're doing they're working on their their set up or their takeaway or their transition. And what I would rather see you do, I'd rather see you look at a target and try to shape the ball or make the ball go to your target just by trying to hit ball to target rather than thinking about all these different steps in your swing. And I think that if you got yourself more involved in function, that you would find that your form is functional enough just to play golf. And you might play some of your better golf. So, you know, one of the things I used to see all the time on the range was when Tiger would practice down at Isleworth, he would hit all the different shots. High left, high right, middle uh, middle straight, high, middle low, l- low right, low left. And he would be able to hit all these different shots with his golf swing. So take ownership of your golf swing this holiday weekend and work a little bit more on function than form. And I think that that would be great. Well, you know what? I want to wish everyone a happy 4th of July. The um, America's holiday and birthday is one of my all-time favorites in the summertime. Um, I'll never forget as a kid watching Dave Rigetti pitch a no-hitter for the Yankees. Really good. Of course, George Steinbrenner's birthday is the July 4th. Um, so a lot of people um, who aren't Yankee fans probably like, boo. But you know what? I just think it's kind of a cool thing. And uh, oh, there's the music, which means we're getting out of here. So hey, folks, I want to thank my sponsors, my friends and supporters for all they do. New Jersey Golf Foundation, Summit Golf Brand, F.H. Wadsworth, of course, the Springdale Board of Governors, Troon Golf Management, my producer Wade on the board, and most importantly, our listeners. Well, you know what, folks? I'm heading back to Springdale for this holiday weekend. But where are you headed? We'll let the tower be your guide. And from the main line to Minnesota for the PGA Tour, and of course, everywhere online, may you all have a safe Springdale holiday. You've been listening to Springdale Golf Live with Keith Stewart. Keith returns to the tee next Friday afternoon at 3 on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey.